This message comes from NPR sponsor Splunk, the data-to-everything platform helping you turn data into successful outcomes for security, IT, DevOps, and, well, everything. Learn more about Splunk at splunk.com slash D2E. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, people of 2020. I feel like the first couple weeks of January is very hard to just get yourself out and among people. So well done. You guys are all functioning a lot better than me. Uh, If you're like me too, right now you are throwing out your holiday cards, but feeling guilty about it, feeling a little guilty about it. And let's be honest, holiday cards, strong word, strong word. Uh, They are really now just generic family flyers. of someone's best Instagram photo that they uploaded to Shutterfly. Like, really, the only personalization is like, oh, you use template four. Good for you. Uh, And yeah, it is still sad, though, when I see baby Zadie's face just there smiling in her sleep sack as I cinch up the trash bag (laughs) and throw it out on the sidewalk. It's like, see you next Christmas, kids. Do you like them? I mean, some of those Christmas cards, the, ho- the family flyers, yeah, the family I'm happy flies. to get because it's the only time I ever see what those people look like. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, I guess those kids are growing up. I should really call them one of these And then days. you look on the back, you're like, what are their names again? Yeah, and now, you try to match now? them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jeff. Just remember them from, from previous Christmas cards. Yeah. Right, is Jeff the father, the son, or the pet? I don't know. <laughs> We have a great show. Oh, my God. Four brilliant contestants are here. They're backstage wondering if the shirt they bought off Instagram will ever arrive. And soon they will be on the stage with us, and one of them will be our big winner. And we have two amazing guests on the show. We have actor Justin Long. Yes. This guy's been in a bazillion comedic movies, uh, also television, and you may also know him from those commercials that were very popular, the I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercials. Justin also has a podcast called uh, Life is Short. It is not a true crime podcast. (laughs) It's a fun interview podcast that he actually does with his brother. Uh, If I did a podcast with my brother, it would be called My Life is Shorter because I'm doing a podcast with my brother, (laughs) which is all you need to know about my holidays. (laughs) We also have comedian Marina Franklin on our show. (laughs) Marina Franklin worked at the Midtown-themed restaurant Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and if you think that's fun, think about how fun it would be to lose a promotion to an animatronic corpse. (laughs) Happens all the time. Jonathan Colton, five years ago, he was here. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first two contestants will play a game about anagrams. Remember... To tell the difference between an acronym and an anagram, just look at its snout. First up, Nancy Lebo. You teach English as a language to kids in grades five through eight. And you know, a lot of contestants on our show are collectors. Do you collect anything? No, I don't. I despise collecting. (laughs) Really? Really? Yeah. Do you like throwing things out? I love discarding oh, things. Me too. Ticket I lo- stubs, oh, playbills. Yeah. I love ripping them and putting them through the shredder. Whoa, you have a shredder? Uh, yeah. I have a shredder. No sentimental? Do you keep anything? The, no. Of? Okay. <laughs> Nancy, when you're ringing, we'll hear this. 
Your opponent is Christian Thompson. You're a quality assurance engineer from Austin, Texas, and you are not in one, but two book clubs. I am. That's a lot of reading. So what are they? Uh, so one is me and my family. So it's my parents and my three sisters. And then the other one is me and my two nephews. And that one, the idea was we were going to read books that uh, I liked when I was their age. They're 12 and 13. Yeah. But the universe really wanted me to feel old. And so the first book I suggested isn't in print anymore. And it's not even available on Amazon. What is it? It's called The Eyes of Kid Midas by Neil Shusterman. I only have one copy and it's autographed. So there's no way I'm sharing that. So did you, you didn't photocopy it for them or anything? No, absolutely not. That's like two cents a page. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Christian, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Nancy and Christian, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. So we've anagrammed animals in a game we called Welcome to the Jumble. The end of every clue is an anagrammed animal. You just tell me the creature. Okay, let's go. How convenient. This marsupial has a front pocket to store its cleaning supplies. I wish I also had a rag nook. Christian. Kangaroo. That is correct. Thanks, guys. Well done. Yeah. Before spreading positivity with Hakuna Matata, this wild pig was an angsty teen, donning black eyeliner as a raw goth. Christian. Warthog. That's correct. Yeah. Warthogs kind of are inherently goth. You think so? Yeah, yeah. They kind of have that Robert Smith from The Cure haircut going at all times. They <laughs> right. kind of look like they're wearing rip fishnets. Like, you know, yeah, they've got that... Snaggletooth situation <laughs> in the front. Yeah, the horde that look like sort of a Salvador Dali yeah, mustache. Like a mustache? Yeah, yeah. I can see it. This bird went off the rails when instead of using its beak to drill into trees, it started using it to snort coke powder. <laughs> Nancy. Woodpecker. That's right. Let's see how many shades of yellow this color-changing lizard can turn by having it walk across each lemon. Nancy. Chameleon. You got it. Whenever I visit San Francisco, I make sure to avoid the barking creatures out at Pier 39. Sure, they're cute, but they're so alien. Nancy. Seagull. I'm sorry, that is incorrect, but good guess. Christian, can you steal? No. <laughs> okay. So alien is an anagram of sea lion. Yeah, yeah, the mm. other thing that barks. <laughs> With eight adorable arms to wrap around you, any excuses you make to avoid hugging this brainy sea creature are just cop-outs. Nancy. Octopus. That's right. Yeah. Now, we all have read those stories where the uh, octopus of the aquarium escapes, like, constantly, because they are extremely smart. Uh, one species, the giant Pacific octopus, has three hearts and nine brains. One in the uh, central part, and then one on each arm. I can see an octopus mom saying to her octopus daughter, like, you have, you have nine brains, but all they're going to see is eight legs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> This is your last clue. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely, having lived in my stomach since I ate that questionable beef. Truly, you've made me a warm poet. Last time you ate questionable beef, did anything happen? Christian, you want to take a guess? Rootworm? Hmm. Good guess. Not correct, <sighs> but good guess. Nancy, you want to give it a shot? Tapeworm? Yeah, tapeworm! <laughs> All right, great game. Nancy is in the lead. Our next game is about viral internet challenges. You know, I miss the days when you could just throw a slice of cheese on your baby just for you. We're going to play you a clip. You're going to identify the viral internet challenge. And the points are doubled. Nancy, you're in the lead. And if you stay in the lead, you're in the final round. Christian, you need to get more points or you have to do the Brooklyn challenge. That is when you drink a large cold brew out of a paper straw before it disintegrates. Has it ever been done? No. 
Everybody I'm done? a Brooklyn girl. <laughs> I can do that. You can do that. <laughs> Here we go. In 2014, this challenge raised $115 million for the ALS Association. Oh, man, that's cold! Christian. The Ice Bucket Challenge? Yeah, that's the Ice Bucket Challenge. And I believe we were listening to uh, Steven Spielberg's Ice Bucket Challenge. Participants hold a pose while Ray Schimmerd's track Black Beatles plays in this challenge named for dress forms that date back to 19th century France. Ray Christian. Mannequin challenge? Mannequin challenge, that's right. In 2019, Netflix urged its viewers to not hurt themselves participating in a challenge inspired by this horror film. Under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Christian. Bird Box Challenge. Bird Box Challenge, yes. Although, uh, I have been one to, I walk into mirrors... Does anyone else do that? When they have a mirror in a store, you just walk right into it? People are shaking their heads. Yes, you do it. Um, Get my eyes checked. They're like, nope, they're fine. Just your brain. I know that has happened. You know that has happened, but not to you? No. (laughs) That's sort of like support, Nancy. All right, this is your last clue. At the height of this 2012 challenge, Ugg boots were temporarily banned from a Pennsylvania middle school after a student used them to smuggle this spice into the cafeteria. (coughs) 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 My eyes are watering everywhere. My throat is on fire. It's burning. Okay, seriously, do not do this. This is horrible. Christian. Cinnamon challenge? Cinnamon challenge is correct. All right. Great game. Christian pulled ahead and is going on to our final round. Do you have what it takes to be an Ask Me Another contestant? Go to amatickets.org to apply. Coming up, we'll play a game with Justin Long, who's a Mac... We'll see if, when he doesn't know the answer, he stalls and becomes a spinning rainbow. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founder Ken Grossman shares why he thinks of his company as a family, and not just because his daughter and son help run the brewery. We've been focused from our beginning on trying to do the right thing. Our focus is to treat people fairly, to produce great products, to try to build a a company, a culture that's sustaining. But it's also a community, a family. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Please drink responsibly. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dell. When you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor, they're focused on you, ready to give advice on everything from laptops to the cloud, and offer tailored solutions powered by Intel vPro platform to keep your small business ready for what's next. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host... Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. You might know him from Idiocracy, Dodgeball, and he's just not that into you. His new movie, The Wave, is out now, and he hosts the Wondery podcast, Life is Short, with Justin Long. Please welcome Justin Long. Uh, 
Uh, hey, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. Thanks for having so, me. So, yes, you have a new podcast called... Yeah, it's uh, called Life is Short. Life uh, is Short with Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. I like a good or bad pun, depending That's on how good. you look at it. Uh, were you, you were on our show years ago. Did we inspire you to do a podcast? You know, I've, I've always loved doing this format, and um, I always find that televised interviews are really nerve-wracking. And, and short. Uh, you know, they're really into uh, sound bites, and you got to get your story out, and um, it always felt really unnatural and forced and yeah so you it, you did in a way inspire <laughs> me I really always enjoyed this format and you do it with your brother with my brother yeah so we'll do an introduction we'll introduce the guest and uh, I'll do the interview with the guest and then at the end of the show my brother and I kind of un- my brother mostly unpacks the conversation that we had and, and uh, can be very critical of, of me but I also really trust him uh, he's very funny and insightful and um, it never really hurts for too long. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I get past it. So you have an older brother, but this is your younger this brother. This is my younger brother, yes. Who, who I, um, well, we write together, we've been writing together for, for about 10 years, so creatively we're very in sync, and, and I find he's just the funniest person I know. And uh, Yeah, yeah. So, really yeah so you devise this thing that you're like, let's bring on, you know, obviously some people that you have relationships with in the yeah. past, artists, thinkers, musicians, actors. Yes. And the point of the whole thing is to find out what their secrets are of how to get the most out of life? Yeah, that's kind of where I am now. I turned 40 not too long ago, and um, I, I guess my version of a midlife crisis was to start... Um, <laughs> a podcast? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very 2019... That's 2020, great. ooh. Yeah, well, it was 2019 when we yeah. did it. So it was a very 2019 midlife crisis. Um, I started looking at time in a very different way and yeah. um, started considering it uh, to be more precious than I had, I guess. And you also ask um, what your favorite emoji is. Yeah, and some people are really into that question. Oh, uh, you know, they'll, they'll kind of light up, and um, but it can be really embarrassing. Like, um, I just interviewed Louis Guzman. You know, Louis got such a great face, uh, but sometimes it's hard to tell if he's grimacing at you or, or if he's smiling at you. And when, <laughs> when I asked him, because I have to, I, it's like the, you know, the requisite, we have a series of requisite questions and um, that's one of them. And so I said, what's your favorite emoji? And he, he just glared at me. He goes, what are you talking about? My favorite emoji? And it was like, was like oh, geez. I, um, Tim Robbins was not crazy about that question. It's my favorite emoji. You know, it was like, <laughs> um, but I still have to ask it. And, and uh, Why do you have to ask I it? I don't, I, I feel like it's a nice, that's a good question. That's a good question. But I, I just, you know, it is kind well, of interesting, but it's sort of a cultural touch point, just the idea of even like looking at the emojis enough to have a favorite. Right. And then that becomes an answer that's, you know, is somewhat revealing. Uh, we're, we're hoping the show is on long enough so it's no longer, um, it no longer reveals a generational gap. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's only everyone's got an answer for it, uh, or it becomes like an old-fashioned question, you know. Although and, I feel like everyone just has to text because everyone just has to text. Well, that too, and even my dad. My dad's eighty-one, and he just started. You know, that's something that people are now having to do. Uh, oh, what's his favorite? Well, emoji? he's been doing a lot of. Um, he started ending sentences with LOL, but oftentimes they were sentences that were, were either urgent or they were about some illness, you know. Um, yes. You're, you know, your, your mother had a checkup today and her blood pressure is like dangerously high, LOL. You know, and, and, um, and I realized at a certain point that um, he meant lots of love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really sweet, but it was like, your mother's traveling today and, you know, their terror alert has been elevated and so hopefully nothing happens to her plane, LOL. <laughs> Like, what? That Jesus so dad. My uh, <laughs> my second oldest brother does this as well, and my sister was like, "You have to tell him," and I was like, "We shall never tell him. <laughs> we shall never tell him." It's kind of sweet. It's yeah, endearing. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It makes more sense that it means lots of love than laughing out loud. When you write that, you're how often are you really laughing out loud? As never. You write? No. Never. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta capture this yeah. moment. Uh, yeah. So two of your dream guests, you've said, are Michael J. Fox and uh, your 102-year-old grandmother. Three now. She just had a birthday. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 103. It's crazy. Yeah. But you did it. We did it. Yeah, we had our grandmother on. We we were able to book our grandmother. <laughs> we were um, able to get her. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. when you're interviewing your grandmother, I mean, um, you talk to her all the time, but probably never in that kind of formal format. No, it was really interesting. And uh, she, I could tell she was 
holding back a little bit or she did because it's also very strange just to get her out of the house into a studio you know um that's like a whole thing for her and yeah. and um she's for a 103 year old she's inc- i mean you can hear it uh on life is short uh it's her, it's the only grandma if you if you scroll through the yeah. guests it's the, <laughs> the only, only one grandma. that you no one will recognize but um We've had such a nice response, and, and she's loved... So we've been sending her... We've been printing out the emails that we've been getting about her and sending it to her, and she's been loving she loves reading them. Yeah, she's just the best. Yeah, she's very sweet. Uh, and, and very funny, and... I, it's funny, I like... It didn't occur to me how funny she was and sharp she was. Um, Did you learn something from her, though, that you didn't a, know before? A lot, you know, a lot, which is embarrassing to say because I, we are quite close and I see her a lot. And, and I learned a lot about my family. I learned that she had a brother who died at an early age and she had never talked about that. Yeah, like really heavy wow. stuff. Yeah. And now, when you have you spoken to her since uh, you've done the recording? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, once we got her in the once we got her in the can, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> you know, I sent her an email on her birthday. I I liked one of her Instagram posts. That's good. Um, no, yeah, we we've talked since then, and um, in fact, I've, I I saw her since then, and she. Uh, and she's been getting feedback from relatives that she hadn't oh, heard yeah. from in a while who were like, oh my God, I didn't know this about my great uncle. And yeah, it was really... You did an amazing thing. Well, I think it's a nice thing. We've always, we had always wanted to do it regardless of the podcast because she's, she is so old and she has such great recall for somebody that age, for any, for, for any age. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad we have it. And I, a lot of people who have been writing in were like, oh, you know, that encouraged me to do that with my own to talk to my relatives. elders yeah. elders yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it was there's just such a wealth of, of information and yeah, it was really cool very cool you have done so many films so many television shows uh, you act you create you direct you have a podcast of course you were in this series of iconic commercials back in the day where you played the Mac John Hodgman played the PC yeah you guys are pals yeah yeah it was a while ago but do people still come up to you um, when we're together, which yes. we were recently, but only then. I mean, now. It used to be, you know, when they were running and people were... It, it was always funny to go into the Apple store because I was... Because um, <laughs> I would shop there because I, li- <laughs> I like their things. Uh, and I'm not contractually obligated to say this anymore. Um, uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. But they... So I, I, I loved the... I was always met with, like, a mix of novelty and annoyance. It, it was an interesting combination of... of Oh, it's that guy, but oh, it's that guy again. <laughs> it was really interesting. They were like two on brand guy. Yeah. Was... Also, I'm sick of your face. It was that because um, it was running all day. Uh, but John and I saw each other a couple weeks ago, and, and yeah, when people see us now, it's like, oh yeah, it's like I think I think people right. They're yeah. like, wow, you guys became friends because you seemed like enemies. Yeah, I know. I thought you hated each other. And yeah, when he's the smarter one, and he knows more about technology than the. Mac guy in real life. Um. <laughs> the reveal. Yeah. So your podcast is called Life is Short with Justin Long. So we have a game for you called Shorter or Longer. Okay. Are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? I'm ready. Okay. So I'm going to give you two things. You just tell me which is shorter and which one is longer. Okay. Okay. Very easy. And if you do well enough, listener Carly Dean from Westminster, Colorado will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here okay. we go. Martin Short. And Justin Long, who is shorter? Martin Short. That is correct. Thank you. Martin Short is five foot seven. Justin Long, how tall are you? You know, I think (laughs) five ten. I think, but I know I give myself a half an inch. So I don't know if it's five nine and a half or five ten and a half. I should know this. Whatever you need it to be. Why not? Okay. The runtime of Avengers Infinity War okay. and the runtime of Avengers Endgame, oh, which God. is shorter? I, I would say Infinity War is shorter. Infinity War is shorter. Okay. Yeah. Yes. By uh, 42 minutes. Infinity War is two hours and 40 minutes. Endgame is three hours and two minutes. Oh, my God. You would think Infinity would be longer right. than End, but well. no. Yeah, end game. Yeah, yeah you should think. be sure. I okay. love that movie. Yeah. How about the word count of the King James Bible and oh. the word count of the U.S. tax code? Which is shorter? Oh, uh, I bet the tax code is shorter. Sorry, that is incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah. 
As the, I was saying it, I knew I was wrong. Yeah, the Bible is uh, 783,137 words. The tax code is more than one million words. Oh, God. So clearly oh, God. written to confuse you. And I've read it all. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah. it does not say that you can write off makeup as repairs. That's all I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous to write a document that long. That is insane. Right? Yeah. I wonder if most accountants have even read it. I de- you know what? Yeah. That's a good thing to ask your accountant. I'm meeting it's with one on Monday. Time. I'm going to ask Yeah, him. ask. Say, what page yeah. did you drop off? First, I'm going to say, have you read the King James Bible? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <And> then... <laughs> All right, how about this? <laughs> the span of time between the extinction of the Stegosaurus and the evolution of the T-Rex. Oh. Or the span of time between the extinction of the T-Rex and the evolution of humans. Which is shorter? I bet it would be the uh, span of time between the T-Rex and the evolution of humans. That is correct. Yeah. So I actually didn't know this, that the Stegosaurus and the T-Rex weren't contemporaries. You didn't? I did not know no, I that. I didn't either. I didn't either. I've always <laughs> seen them in pictures hanging out. I know. Yeah. But wow. it's actually between T-Rex and humans is about 66 million years, and between Stegosaurus and T-Rex is about 83 million years. Oh, my God. Wow. I know. Wow. We learned. And that's it. You did it. Oh, Congratulations. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, thanks. Congratulations, Justin Long. You and Carly Dean both won Ask Me to the Rubik's Cubes. Justin's weekly podcast is called Life is Short, and he, you can see him in the new Netflix series, Jiri Haji. One more time for Justin Long. Our next game is about the United States. I'm Canadian, so the first time I heard the President's State of the Union, I thought it was like an award. Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Alaire Cummin. You're from Durham, North Carolina. I am. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you're a, a data analyst in metabolomics. Did I say it right? Metabolomics. Oh my God, I said yeah. it totally wrong. What, what is that? So what we do is we will get a biological sample and we'll find like all of the metabolites that are being produced. So like we always produce things in our bodies like lactic acid, you know, we have glucose in our bloodstream, things like that. And we basically find all of that in samples and cancer research is a big area for it. But even things like the gut microbiome, we're learning more and more about the relationship between microbiology and metabolites. Yeah. Any, any tips for, uh, <laughs> for the um, average person just trying to live better? Um, and... A lot of what we're seeing right now is a lot of the money you spend on probiotics is useless. So <laughs> Okay, so you know, no more... Pro- you're basically taking expensive sugar pills. So <laughs> well, I've got a lot of things to throw away when I get home. <laughs> okay, Alaire, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Catherine Brower. You teach art and theater to children from kindergarten to the eighth grade. As an art teacher to young kids, are you like, oh my God, you might be the next star, or is your goal something totally different? <laughs> I have two goals yeah. in both theater and art, and they are to have the children like themselves and to have them like what they are doing. Actually, sorry, it's three goals. And then to, to really like art and to really like theater. Yeah. So it's, do you like what you're doing? And are you happy with this? Great. Then we all win. So it's all, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Catherine, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Alaire and Catherine, whoever gets more points after two games will go to our final round. So this high concept word game is called This is United States. Every answer is a phrase that begins with a two-letter word or initialism. That is the same as a two-letter abbreviation for a U.S. state or territory. So your job is to replace those two letters with the full name of the state or territory. So, for instance, if I said, this Today Show weatherman gives the temperature in all 50 states, starting with the first one alphabetically, you would answer Alabama Roker taking Al Roker and replacing A-L with Alabama. Here we go. Turns out Duke University's Blue Devils work too blue. That's why the Motion Picture Association of America gave this state the movie rating that replaced X for adult-only content. Catherine. 
and North Carolina 17. Yes. I'm sorry. She's from North Carolina. <laughs> That's right. I know. Well, no, it's okay. Sometimes this is how we know we're all together. It's an ensemble piece. <laughs> That's right. We're together. This just in, you might be a mudcat if you live in the Magnolia State. Stay tuned to Rachel Maddow on this cable news network for more. Alaire. Mississippi, NBC. That's right. It's the second smallest state, the first state to ratify the Constitution, and has zero sales tax. Me, myself, and I want our favorite 90s rap trio to play there. Catherine. Run Delaware MC. Not what we're looking for, but a very good idea. Alaire, can you steal? Run North Dakota MC. Oh, I know what it is now. Okay, you're both not getting a point, but you want to just say what you what it's you. Delaware Lestal. Yeah, I hate myself. That, don't hate yourself. <laughs> Wait, you just broke your your own rule number two. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, how are you going to teach these kids to love themselves? Got to lead by example. I, Boy, I'll one do better. One thing goes wrong, and suddenly you're way <laughs> off the rails. Please don't I believe put that in on the you, radio. Catherine. I believe in you. <laughs> Show Me a State, that's the birthplace of Mark Twain, home to the Gateway Arch, and features prominently in Biggie's song about the perils of financial success. Alaire. Missouri money, more problems? (laughs) Yeah, that's great, that's great. Great. This northern state has it all. Great cars, great lakes, and the great British Secret Intelligence Service. Alaire. Michigan 6. Yeah, that's right. MI6. This is your last clue. This state is sick of being known for the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. They'd rather take credit for a 1997 Radiohead album. Alaire. Oklahoma Computer. That's right. Congratulations. Well done. And Alaire is in the lead. Coming up, we have comedian Marina Franklin, who's been in train wreck and crashing, but in this case, that means she's doing great. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Fastly. People expect websites and apps to be faster and more personalized than ever. And Fastly's Edge cloud platform makes it happen, giving developers the tools they need to go beyond what users expect. But it's not just about powerful technology. Fastly is known for putting the customer first. It's why they were named a leader in content delivery networks by review site G2. To learn how Fastly can help your business, visit fastly.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor FX, presenting the next installment of Fargo. Family is complicated. Crime is organized. The all-new Fargo takes you to 1950s Kansas City, where two criminal syndicates have struck an uneasy truce as they both fight for their piece of the American dream. Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman star in this original tale of immigration, assimilation, and power. The fourth installment of Fargo premieres with back-to-back episodes Sunday, September 27th at 9 p.m. on FX and streams next day FX on Hulu. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Alaire and Catherine. Our next game is about things that swing, like middle-aged suburbanites. Alaire, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Catherine, you need to get more points, or you have to take back your own keys. In our ongoing shameless attempts to capitalize on millennial nostalgia, this game is based on the new jack swing trend of the mid-80s to early 90s. Jazz inflected R&B, soul, and hip-hop. And if you didn't know that was the thing, now you do. (laughs) We rewrote new jack swing songs to make them about things that swing or are swung. If you can identify the swing or swung thing, (laughs) you can earn a bonus point by giving me the song title or artist who made it famous. Are you ready? Here we go. 
You practice your scales and licks, and I'm keeping time with clicks. Keep your rhythm just right. I'm tapping out beats per M, so you can keep track of them. Set my tempo tonight. Catherine. A metronome? Metronome is correct. Yeah. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? I want to say it's called I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. Yeah, that's right. It's Whitney Houston. Here we go. I keep it on my desk with all my things. It's balls on strings. I just pull one back on the left side. Then I let go of that one. Now it's swinging back. Runs into the others and it hits them with a clack. Wish I thought to invent them. If you step into my office, I will demonstrate momentum. <laughs> Catherine. I know the song. That's <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing that people in office buildings have on their desk with the silver balls that go clack, 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 clack. Yeah, that's, I'll accept that, yes. Just so you know, the name of that clickety-clack ball thing is uh, Newton's Cradle or Newton's Balls. I know this because it's the only toy we've given our four-year-old. Newton's Ball? It's also known as Newton's Balls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had eight. <laughs> Oh, oh my. And a uh, bonus point for the song or artist? Um, Montel Jordan. Yeah, that's um, right. This is how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your next one. Hang away from a cable and let it swing free. A bit demonstrating how Earth is rotating up. Catherine. Um, pendulum? Foucault's Pendulum? Yeah, that's correct. Foucault's Pendulum. I'll give that to you. That's, I would have given you Pendulum, but you said the whole thing. For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? Mm, I really want to, but I can't. That was Now That We Found Love. Heavy oh. <laughs> D and the Boy. You're so that, hard on that yourself, That hurts Catherine. me. It's really hurt. It's interesting how the show works. Someone goes, Foucault's Pendulum, and it's like, whatever. And then they're like... Oh, now that we found love, I didn't remember that. I suck. It was Heavy D and the boys. That's right. Yeah. Okay, here's the next one. No, my last name ain't Baby. It's Greystoke or Viscount if you're British. Feral, feral boy. Was raised by apes. I will call you Jane. Catherine. Tarzan. Tarzan is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song that I just massacred? Mm. So I want to say it's um, Nasty. It is Nasty. Congratulations for picking that out of what I did by Janet Janet Jackson. Jackson. That's right. Come on, that was pretty amazing on the acoustic Mm, guitar. Don't don't even. (laughs) All right, after two games, Catherine pulled ahead and is moving to the final round. It's time to meet our next special guest. She's a stand-up comic whose special single black female is available now. Give it up for Marina Franklin. Welcome. Welcome, Marina Franklin. Well, hello there. How's it going? It's going great. I'm here in Brooklyn. Come on now. Yeah. You recently did a great comedy special called Single Black Female. You taped it in Chicago, and you described the experience, which I love, as the wedding you never had. Yes, yes. Now, I gotta say, I once did a uh, taping in front of a lot of friends and family. You're from Chicago. I am. So I'm sure a lot of friends and family came. My mom was there. (laughs) Okay. So friend and family came. (laughs) Uh, but I like, the wedding you never had is positive. I felt like I was alive at my own funeral. That's how I felt. <laughs> because I've been doing comedy for quite some time, 20 years. Ooh. And then most comics don't really do well in their hometown. Like, yeah. it's a weird thing where you go home, you're like, you don't know me? I'm from here. <laughs> and so it was kind of nice to realize, like, how supportive 
everyone was. Like yeah. everyone really wanted to see the hour. You originally were um, you were pursuing like theater and acting, and you had a roommate that actually encouraged you to try stand up comedy. Yes, I would just go into all these stories about how Grandma Moot on the south side of Chicago would take me to church and how she was really tough. You know, like there would be a woman who'd always give us candy and I was like, I really like this woman. She's like, "Mm mm-hmm, she got all that makeup like Jezebel. (laughs) So, (laughs) and she had a poodle named Kunta Kente. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it just writes itself. Yeah. Uh, So you're working at the theme restaurant Jekyll and Hyde. You're doing open mics. Uh, and then you get your first paying stand-up gig opening for Tracy Morgan. Oh, God, yes. Thank you for bringing that. Okay, so how did that go? Did it change everything? No. <laughs> In the bad way. Like, it gave me a reality check. Because when you're doing all of the shows that are like bringer, you have your friends or, yeah. well, at that time it was my Haitian boyfriend who had like a huge family, so that was important. Um, (laughs) And they were very supportive. In that show with Tracy Morgan, I was asked at the last minute to do this show with Tracy Morgan, and I had to ask to get off that day from my manager at Jekyll and Hyde, which anyone who's waiting tables know, that's almost impossible to get off. And at the time, I had on my khakis from Jekyll and Hyde. I still had ketchup stains. <laughs> and went there, was so excited. But Tracy was on stage, which I should have paid attention to. Because that meant I was going to have to go after. Yeah, you're not opening for him. No. But I didn't know that. Oh, that's weird. They didn't tell me that. And Tracy was killing. He gets off stage, and I mean, they thunderous. And I go on stage, and the first thing I say was, oh, well, I haven't performed in front of a black audience before. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, boo! I mean, like, they did, it was like, really quiet. (laughs) Which is even worse. Then I was like, well, see, I grew up in a white neighborhood, and I tried to do that. And they were like, mm-mm. <laughs> and I think I heard a woman go, she don't know herself, you know. Whoa. And then after the show, I see everyone, and it's like everyone clears from you. Like you're like oh, an yeah. infected disease or something. <laughs> yes. So, no, nothing happened from that day. <laughs> um, and I continued working at Jekyll and Hyde, I think, for another year. <laughs> yeah. Keep your day job. I mean, did you kind of bounce back? Because you you were kind of new to it. I would continue to just work, you know? Because I I loved stand-up. When I started, I was like, I know I'm good at this. I know that this was an experience that I just hadn't had, so I just need more of those experiences. Yeah. All right, so Marina, because you worked at a theme restaurant called Jekyll and Hyde... Uh, We have a game for you about the wonderful and weird world of themed restaurants. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) An exclusive Belgium restaurant is only open 10 days in June. It costs 295 euros a person, seats only 32 guests. Where are they seated? A, suspended 150 feet in the air by a crane. B, in a monastery with beer-brewing monks. Or C, in a cave 500 meters below sea level. I'm going to say the monks. Yeah. Yeah. That the monk sounds right, doesn't monks. it? I like to get drunk with some monks. <laughs> it's actually suspended 100 feet in the air by a crane. Oh, really? You're in some, yeah, hanging restaurant 150 feet in the air. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think I want that. Or I'd do rather I? get drunk with the monks. Drunk <laughs> with the monks. <laughs> oh, maybe you know this one. Until 2012, a futuristic restaurant in Times Square invited patrons to ride what into the dining area? A, a UFO, B, the world's shortest monorail, or C, they got a piggyback ride from a Captain Jean-Luc Picard impersonator. I think it's the, uh, the first one. UFO? Yeah, that's right. Do you? Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that piggyback sounds like a lot of work for somebody. <laughs> no one would want that. Yeah. Do you remember Mars uh, 2112? Do you remember that restaurant? It was closed for good in January of 2012, 100 years before schedule. Oh, I forget how great you are. I love you, girl. Yes. At Medieval Times, 
customers eat while watching a simulated jousting match. The chain has existed since the 1980s, but guess what? Recently, they came out of the dark ages, but in what way? A, customers now have to use silverware. They can't eat with their hands for sanitary reasons. B, the live actors and horses have been removed and customers have a virtual reality experience. Or C, the lead role was changed to be a queen instead of a king. Ooh. Because I'm a germaphobe. I want to say A. Yeah. No, virtual, that doesn't sound like that would be a successful... They would be closing soon. (laughs) I think Um, you're right about that. So I'm going to go with the C part because, yeah, it's time to make it a queen. It is time to make it a queen. That's what they did. Hey! But (laughs) the waitresses are still referred to as wenches. Oh, no! Can't have everything. Can't have everything, No, no. You did it. You won. Fantastic. Great job, Marina. Thank you. Marina's podcast is called Friends Like Us, and her new comedy special, Single Black Female, is streaming now. Give it up for Marina Franklin, everybody. Thank you. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Christian Thompson, who refuses to photocopy a rare book for his nephews. And Catherine Brower, who teaches children to like themselves, like what they're doing, and like art. Okay, you need to be smart and strategic to win this final round. And you also might win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, signed by Justin Long and Marina Franklin. The first contestant to bank eight points wins. There are multiple categories. Each category has four clues. Each clue is worth one point. Your first category is world leaders. Name the country. And the first clue is always a toss-up, so ring in to answer. Angela Merkel. Catherine. Germany. That is correct. Okay, Catherine, you have one point and control of the category. To keep going and earn up to three more points, you just say, ask me another. But the risk is, if you miss a clue, your opponent will get a chance to steal control of the category and all the points you haven't banked. Um, ask me another? Great. Shinzo Abe. Oh, sugar. Japan? That is correct. <laughs> all right. What do you want to do? I'm good. All right. All right, Catherine, those two points go in your bank. The score is now two to zero with you in the lead. Your next category is Everybody Loves Puppets. Ring in to answer. This green Star Wars character debuted in The Empire Strikes Back as a puppet performed by Frank Oz. Christian. Yoda. That is correct. Ask me another. This British puppet show about a fighting couple dates back to the 1600s. Punch and Judy? That is correct. What do you want to do? This is puppets, right? Yep. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) All right, that's two points in your bank. The score is tied two to two. Afraid of puppets. (laughs) Your next category is breakfast. Ring in to answer. This brunch cocktail is made with tomato juice and vodka. Christian. Bloody Mary. All right. Ask me another. This dish is Spanish for eggs ranch style. Huevos rancheros? That is correct. I'm good. (laughs) All right. Playing it safe. Another two points in the bag. You're now ahead four to two. Here is your next category. Bones. Ring in to answer. These bones protect the heart and lungs. Catherine. The ribs. That is correct. Ask me another. (laughs) It's the only movable bone in the skull. Uh, well, hmm. Um, you can't move your nose, and I'm going to go with the mandible, the jawbone. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) You've got two more clues in this category. Um, yeah, ask me another. It's the longest bone in the human body. I'm pretty sure it's the femur. I'm pretty sure you're right. 
why not? Ask me another. <laughs> Carpals, metacarpals, and phalanges are all bones in this body part. Mm, your hand? Yes, that is correct as well. Well done, Catherine. You ran that category. You got four additional points in your bank. You're now ahead of Christian, six to four. All right, we're moving on to your next category. Screen to stage. Name the stage musical based on a movie featuring these songs. Revenge Party and Meet the Plastics. Catherine. Mean Girls. That is correct. Catherine, if you get this next clue right, you win. And if I don't get it right, I lose all of my self-respect. So um, I ask me another. <laughs> the whole being dead thing and Deo. Beetlejuice? That is correct. Wow, wow, wow. Congratulations. Well done, Christian. And congratulations, Catherine. You're our big winner. And that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Vow Jolt of Canon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane, Scott Ross, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kira Powell, Nancy Seichow, and Ramel Wood. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonia. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, come meet us at The Bell House on Wednesday, January 22nd for a live taping of Ask Me Another as part of the Brooklyn Podcast Festival. And from the HBO series High Maintenance, we've got everyone's favorite weed-slinging, bike messenger, actor and writer, Ben Sinclair. You won't want to miss it. Information and tickets at amatickets.org. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by one of our favorite shapes, comedian and SNL writer Julio Torres. He chats about his HBO show Los Spookies and gives some behind-the-scenes scoops on his new comedy special. Then we challenge him to a game about historical hoaxes. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.